Come on, why don't you encourage them today? Amen, amen. He has done marvelous things. I don't know about you, but the Lord has done some marvelous things in my life. Children, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Amen. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Dear eternal God, our Father, we come to you this morning, God. We thank you and we praise you, God. We thank you for being such a marvelous God, Lord. We thank you for being marvelous in our lives, God. We thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, for all that you do, Father. And we're asking this morning, God, that your word will be spoken this morning. That it won't return unto your void, God. But that, God, it will accomplish that which is set forth. God, we thank you so much for these that have come, Father, on this last Sunday of the year. Just to give your name some praise, God. Just to lift up holy hands in this sanctuary, God. Because we all know where you brought us from, God. And we're hopeful where you're going to take us to, God. Lord, we celebrate you today, Father. We celebrate you every day, God. But God, we especially want to look to you right now. Speak now. For your servants are listening. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and thank God. I want to encourage you uh, and remind you that we will be having watch night service tonight. I think it's only befitting for us to bring in the coming new year in the house of worship. We're going to get to some of it in our message. Because I believe that God does new things in new seasons. And I believe that there's a new season that's coming. And so I want to take a look this morning from the book of Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. Isaiah 43, verse 18 through 21. Say amen when you have it. Mm. I'll wait a few moments to page is turning. Amen. Isaiah 43, you at verse number 18, and it says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the old things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me. The dragon, the owl, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself, and they shall show forth my praises. From this text, I would like to pin for a thought. A new year, a new season. A new year, a new season. 
all of us come into the house of worship with an expectation, at least we should. We're expecting God to do something on our behalf. I believe that that's the way that God created us, to depend upon him. But somewhere along the lines, or along our lives, we stop trusting God like we used to. Church does not trust God like it used to. We've got so many programs that are going on. We're locked in on trying to do things our way, to get our way. But listen, this, this message is not just for the church. It's for you as an individual as well. Because all of us are locked into something. The hopes and the prayers is that you're locked in on Jesus. And really what he wants and desires to do in your life. You see, because God has a purpose for his church, but he also has a purpose for your life. And the purpose that God has for your life is greater than the purpose that he has for this church. Because if you begin to fulfill the purpose in which God has in your life, then the purpose of the church will start to begin to manifest. We need, we, we need to understand that. And so, and so, and so God wants us to know that, that going into this new year, that there's some new things that God wants to do. There's a new season for us. That's for all of us. But understand this, that it does not come without change. I, I know you didn't want to hear that word. Because, because no one really wants to hear the word change. Ch ch change is like cussing us out sometimes. It doesn't matter whether the change is good, bad, or indifferent. We don't want to hear change. Why? Because we've become comfortable where we at, even if it's in bondage. We've been so, become so comfortable in bondage to where it seems like home now for us. And there are some of us that God has freed from some stuff, but we're still not walking in that freedom. So I'm, remind, I'm reminded of a story of a man, a farmer, who had, who had a problem with a bobcat getting into the chicken coop. In a matter of weeks, he had lost five chickens to this bobcat. And so he did what any good farmer would do. He set a trap for the bobcat, a cage in which he, 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 he would put some meat in there that would lure the bobcat into the cage. And lo and behold, when he came to check the cage, sure enough, the bobcat was in there. This was a mean bobcat. This was one that, I mean, he was, he was fighting every bit of the way. Even though he could not get out of the cage to get to the farmer, he was still hissing and, and growling at the, at the farmer. He was angry because he was locked up. So the farmer took the cage and put it in his pickup truck and drove 20 miles from his house to release him. And when he stood from afar with a pole and lifted the door, the bobcat would not leave. He was too upset because he was locked up. He was mad at the world. He was mad at the farmer. He was mad at the trees and everything. Just mad. He had been released 
but he was not free. It took the farmer 20 minutes to get the bobcat to understand that he had been released. And most of us are the same way. You've been freed. You've been released. But you're still living like you're in bondage. God has freed us from some stuff. But we keep going back to the same thing. We're upset. We're mad. We're angry. We're confused. And God has said, I've freed you. I've set you free. Listen, in this text, we see the children of Israel in a similar state. Because here they are, they are in bondage to the Babylonians. And the reason why they're in bondage is because of their own accord. Because they wanted other gods. They want to serve other gods. They're idolaters. They had been warned by God that you're to have no other God before me. He had warned them by the prophet Jeremiah. He had warned them by Isaiah. But they would not hear him. And so they find themselves in bondage. As a matter of fact, they would be in bondage for 70 years. And God told them when they went into bondage, he said, don't try and fight this thing. You, you, you're going to go through this. And here, brothers and sisters, there are sometimes that God will allow calamity to come into our lives. He will allow the consequences of our disobedience and our sin to fall on us. And it's not for a bad reason. It's that he might be able to save us from ourselves. Because that, that's, that's what he's doing for the children of Israel. He's saving them for themselves. For the record declared that the wages of sin is death. And if God would allow them to continue to be idolaters, God would have killed them dead on the spot. And he would have been justified in doing so. Because he is God. And there is no other. He is God Almighty. He's God all by himself. You, you, you can't take nothing away from his godness. That, 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 that's enough right there just to say that he is God. And he's sovereign. And so he, 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 he saves this nation from their idolatrous ways by sending them into bondage. And I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing like bondage that will get you straight. There's nothing about God letting your sinfulness, the consequences of your sinfulness, fall on you to get you straight. Because a lot of times, you won't even hear the preacher. You, you, you won't hear mama, you won't hear daddy, you won't hear nobody. And it takes God smacking us upside our head sometimes. That we might get it right. Listen, I'm, I'm talking about what I know. I've been smacked up some my head a few times by God. And he's let me know that, hey, listen, no, you don't have this right. And so now he, he, he's saving this nation just like he's trying to save us from ourselves. What, 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 what is your thing? What is, what is your idol that you're holding up right now? Is it money? 
Is it home? Is it, is it relationships? It is, is it your persona? Is it your job? Your status? Because we make all kinds of idols nowadays. And God says no. He has consistently warned us against idol worship. Both in the Old and the New Testament, we have been warned of idol worship. God desires to save these people from their idol worship. He starts off by telling them, the first thing that you must do is that you must not remember the former things. Now, now understand that he's, just tell, he's not telling them that they have to forget everything because that's not going to happen. They're, 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 listen, there's some things that I've gone through. There's some things that I've experienced. There's some sin that I've committed. I just can't forget it. But, but what he's saying here is that, that, that don't consider it. In other words, I know it's going to still be in your mind, but you have to not consider those old things. And, and, and furthermore, when we begin to remember the old things, we seem to limit God in what he can do. Because of, because, of, because of the weight of our sinfulness and because of God has given us the consequences of our sin, we don't think God can deliver us. This, this is what he's telling the children of Israel. He says, don't, don't, don't consider your current situation. Because, because Isaiah is writing this while they're yet still in bondage. He, he said, he said, even though you're still in bondage, even though you're still locked up by the Babylonians, don't even consider it. In other words, we can go through with the joy of the Lord. We can go through with the peace of God. We can go through knowing that God is going to work this thing out in the end. And I, I'm so glad that I serve a God like that. That, that, that can work things out. That, 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 that don't hold my past against me. Be, be, because everyone in here has a past. Everyone in here has done something. Ain't nobody in here perfect. Let me get that straight. Other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is able to forgive you. And not only is he able to forgive you, but he's able to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. As a matter of fact, that's what God wants to do. He wants you to bring your sin to him. He wants you to bring your past failures to him. He, wa he wants you to lay them at his feet. And say, God, there's absolutely nothing that I can do with it. This is consuming me, God. But I know a God who is well able to take every one of our problems, every one of our circumstances, every one of our failures, and right every wrong in our lives. He said that he'll never leave us, that he'll never forsake us. And that's in every circumstance, every situation, every moment of weakness that you have. God is right there with you. If you don't believe me, look at the testimony of Daniel in the lion's den. God was right there with him. Daniel was one of the ones that came into bondage with these same people. Because he would not bow down, he was cast into the lion's den. And God made the lion's a pillow for Daniel. 
able to snuggle up with these beasts and go right to sleep. Why? Because God is with him. And just like God is with Daniel, he'll be with you as well. God desires to do a new thing. He wants you to be free going into this new year. He, he, he wants to do a, new, a newness in you. He wants to give you a new prayer life. He wants to give you a new praise on your lips where you can praise God through anything, any circumstances. Say, Lord, thank you. Hallelujah to your name. Despite what I'm going through, yes, I'm still aching in my body. Yes, I'm still hurting in my finances, but God, Lord, thank you. Anyhow, anybody got a hallelujah anyhow in them this morning? Hallelujah. He said, he said, don't get locked in on your failures. Don't get locked in on your past. Neither consider the things of old. He said, even go as far as you can go back, don't even consider it. And as a matter of fact, God said, that I'm going I'm to give you a new start. I'm, I'm about to give you a new start. Because he says it in, in, in verse number 19, he said, behold, I will do a what? A new thing. God wants to do a, a new thing. Not, 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 no, a rehashed, warmed up thing. He wants to do a brand new thing in our lives. God desires to do a brand new thing in your life. I don't listen, I don't know, I don't pretend like I know what's going on with you. I'm not a prophet to that degree, but I can tell you this, that God wants to do a new thing in your life this, going, this, new, this new year. He wants to do a new thing. And all you have to do is avail yourself to it. Listen, listen here. There's some new healing that's going to take place in the new year. There's going to be some old wounds, some old things that have happened to you in your past. God is going to renew. God's going to make new again. God's going to begin to restore some things that the devil took for you in 2023. He's going to restore some things to you. Because he's that type of God. He's that type of God. He said that he, he wants to do a new thing, but, but here, here's the thing, you know, because God cannot do a new thing until you forget the old ways. And, and, until you begin to not consider how you used to be, what you did in the past, God cannot do a new thing. This is where change comes in in our lives. There's, there, there's some things that God wants to change in your life. There's some friends God wants you to let go in 2024. There's, there's some things that you've been doing in 2023. God said you need to release it. You've been freed from that. God wants to deliver you. Listen, you, you, you've, been, you've been free all along. Because the Bible said whom the Son set free is free indeed. So if you have come into Christ Jesus, he's already freed you. You just have not been operating in the freedom that he's given you. And I know because I haven't either. There's still times that I got bogged down and weighed down. Start throwing myself in little pity parties. Lord, woe is me. Why is this coming on me? What's going on? No, no, no. God said, be thankful in all things, for this is the will of God concerning you. God said to be thankful in everything that you do, everything that you come up against, you can be thankful for it. Tell you, this is a brand new thing that God wants to do. 
And I dare you to just operate and walk in that freedom. You see, you see, you see, you, 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 you're still bound and locked down to the law. The spirit is the one that gives life. It's the spirit that frees us. And when, listen, when it frees us, to, it frees us to live like God intended for us to live in the first place. The law which is given that it might lead us to grace. But we have the freedom of grace that God has given us. It's the same way with the scripture for forgiving. When you begin to recognize how much God loved you, it compels you to want to love him even more. When you, when you consider how much God has forgiven you, come on. Ooh. How much he's forgiven you. A lot of the stuff that God has forgiven us for, we should be more forgiving one towards another. We've been freed to live like that. You've been freed to forgive. You've been freed to give. We've been freed to live righteous and holy lives. And we've been given the power by the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to be able to live the lives in which Christ lives in us. Because me living this life is an epic failure. But when I allow Christ to live the life through me, I'm free. Again, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I've been freed. He said, he said, I'm going to do a new thing and that is going to spring forth. Listen here, listen here. This is the evidence of it. He says, he says and I will even make a way in the wilderness. Now, now, now the other translation said that he'll actually make a road in the wilderness. And you know wilderness, there, there is no roads in the wilderness. Usually you got to fight through brush and all kinds of stuff in the wilderness. But God said that I'm going to supernaturally make a way for you right in the midst of chaos. Right in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation. God will make a way for you to get through it. And you're going to know with no uncertain term that it was by the hand of God. It had absolutely nothing to do with what you did or anybody else did. It's because what God has did. Because God is the only one that can make a way in the wilderness. And then he goes even further. He goes even further. Because now he said that he would also make a river in the desert. You don't see rivers in the desert. So, so, so we know that this is something that is supernatural by a supernatural God. We, 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 we know that he's going to give us provision even in the midst of our calamity, our chaos. Don't give that which preserves us. Water right there in the middle of a desert. Not an oasis. This is a river. And if anybody knows anything about a river, a river flows. This is, this is, this is what God is promising. Because if God has said it, if he has declared it, it must come to pass. And then he says, in verse number 20, he further backs up this. And he tells them, listen, you're, you're, you're to expect the provisions of God. 
God has given us provisions in our everyday life. God is the one that provides everything that we have, everything that we need. Here we know that God gives us physical provisions. Matthew 6 and 23, uh, 26 through 33, God provides substance and shelter for his creatures. I know you think that because you pay the mortgage, because you, you, you go out and earn the money to pay the mortgage, that that house belongs to you. But it doesn't. It belongs to God. The Bible declares that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein belong to God. Just because you're paying the mortgage don't mean that you're the owner. You can even see that here. Because even if you pay that house off, you're still going to pay some taxes. You didn't think about that, did you? So you're still paying on the house. But God's going to give you everything that you need in terms of his provisions. And we, and we fight so much to make sure that we provide for ourselves. And this is a pride and a haughty way of thinking of things. Realizing that who woke you up this morning? Who put breath in your body? Who put air in your lungs to breathe? Who kept the blood warm, running warm in your veins? Who, who, who's doing all of this? Listen, who gave you the mind to even get up and, and do the job in which God took you to? It was God that did it. It wasn't you that did it. It's not me that did it. None of us did it. It's God that does that. And this is, this, is, this, is, this is what he's trying to get these people to understand. Verse 20, he says, not only will you see it, not only will you understand it, but those who are around you will see it as well. Even the beast, look at it. Verse 20, he says, and the beast of the field shall honor me, the dragon and the owl. Why? Because I give water in the wilderness. You need to expect God's provisions in this new season. Now, now understand when I say they expect God's provision, that, means, that, 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 that does not mean that God going to give you everything you want. Because if he give you everything you want, you couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. There, 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 there's some things that I say, Lord, thank you. You didn't give to me. There's some stuff that I wanted that I knew. Lord, I, I need this right now, God. And God was like, no, you don't. Now I'm going to show you you don't need it. But expect God's provision. Stop looking to other people. And let, let, let me stop this here because I, I, I see a lot of people, that, I call it manufacturing blessings. You want to manufacture your own blessing. Tell other people how to bless you. No, let God bless you. You, 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 don't, you, don't, have to, you don't have to request anything from anybody. Just let God do what he's going to do in your life. You see, because that way you can be content in whatever state that you are in. That's what this life is really about. It's about being content. Because when I've learned to be content is when the flow, the, the blessings of God have flowed in my life. When I, when, I, when I say, God, Lord, you've already done enough. I thank you for what you have done. There, 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 there's times that I go into God's presence and I don't ask for anything. I just say, God, I just, I just want to be in your presence today. I, I just want to be next to you because I understand there's, a, there, 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 there's some comfort, there's some joy, there's some peace when I'm just in, in God's presence. You see, when we start messing up that, 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 that feeling of being in his presence is when we start asking for stuff. Now, I understand there's a time that we can petition God, but there's some time that you need to spend some time just in his presence. 
Just, just, just being in his presence, just being next to him. Just, just, just experiencing his love for us. And just loving him back. I'll never be able to love back God back with the same love that he loves me with, but I can show enough try. Spend that time with him. He said, listen, even the beast benefit from the provisions of God. And even the beast will honor God for the provisions. What's our problem? When we begin to look at how God has provided for us, if these four-legged beasts can honor God for the water in the midst of a desert, then what is our problem? We ought, we, ought to be, we ought to be lifting up holy hands every time we get. Every time God blesses us with something. The problem is that we get like the children of Israel. We lose focus of what God is doing for us. And we start looking at other nations. And there are times that we get, we get preoccupied with other folk have. We get preoccupied with, 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 with what our neighbors have and what they're driving up in. Towards we lose scope of the fact that God has blessed us. I'm grateful for the blessings of God. And I'll tell you like this, I'm not going to let no four-legged beast outpraise me. I'm not going to let him out honor God for me. I'm going to give God the honor from my own lips. I'm going to give him the praise from my own lips. I'm not going to let no rocks cry out for me. I'm going to praise God while I have strength in my body. God, thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for where you're bringing me from, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. He said, he said, he said, in the desert, we have these rivers, refreshing, life-preserving rivers that God has given us, even in our desert situations, in, in, in our places of dryness. Anybody ever been in a dry place before? I know I've been there before. And God will provide a river even in the midst of dry places. Glory to his name. He said that I will give drink to my people, even my chosen. In other words, God chose us. From the foundations of the world, God predestined us to be in Christ Jesus. It was God that chose us. What necessarily that we chose him. He chose us. He picked us out. That we would be in Christ Jesus. And that's enough to be shouting about is the fact that God chose you. Why you choose, choose me, God? I don't care. I don't care why he chose me. Lord, thank you that you chose me. I'm not looking for no reasons why God chose me. I'm just thankful that he did chose me. Then he goes into them and their purpose. Now understand that the church has a purpose. But understand as well that you have a purpose as well. You have a Every last one of us have a purpose. And that purpose is to praise God. Look at verse number 21. It says, this people have I formed for myself. Ownership, we belong to God. And they shall what? Show forth my praises. That, that, that's your purpose going into 2024 is to show forth the praises of God. God wants you to praise him. He wants you to pray. We're going to pray. This is going to be a praying church. We're going, we're going to go before the Lord because I realize that in this last and evil generation, that's the best thing we can do is pray and then get up and put some feet on those prayers. 
We're going to pray in faith. We're going to pray believing that God is going to do what we're asking him to do. Why? Because we're going to be praying according to the word of God. We're going to be praying according to what God's word has already declared. God will get the victory. God will get the glory. We praise God for who he is. Not necessarily for what he can do for us. I praise him simply because he is God. And listen here, listen here. He is still, he is still on the throne. God, God, yes, I know it may not seem like it, but God is still on the throne. God, 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 God still is, is, is constructing things. God is still working behind the scenes, working some things out. God is still there. Yes, even on our, our government level, God is still working. As wicked as it is, as wicked as our government leaders can be, God is still on the throne. He's still working it out. Don't you give up on God. It's a new season. We're going into a new year. It's time for God to do some new things with us. And he does it as we apply ourselves to it. As we submit ourselves to it what he wants to do in our lives. Because God is that perfect gentleman. He's not going to force himself on any of us. But God has availed himself to us. He has opened up himself to us. He's made himself available to us. We can come into his presence. We can come into by praying to him. By sharing in his word, by getting in his word, by reading his word, by attending Bible study. I want to see Bible study increase in this new season. Because this is where we're going to learn how to experience the freedom in which God has given us. This is where you're going to learn how. Because there's practical steps to it. And you need to learn how to practically walk this thing out. You know it already. You've heard it preached. You've heard it down through the years. Some of us have some of this stuff memorized, but we still do not know how it works. And it does you no good if you, if you have a, a, a great gift and you don't even know how to benefit from it. God has given us the benefit, the, the blessing of having faith. He's given us faith. It comes from him. Now, how do we walk in it? How do we operate in it? These are some of the new things that God wants us to do. This is the new season. We're a people of faith. We believe him. We trust in him. And even though we're going into the new year, God is still the same God. He does not change. He remains the same. God's seen this date even before he created the world. He's seen the end of 2023. God's seen everything that you went through. God heard every conversation that you were a part of. God knows every thought that you thought. He knows it. God knows the motive of every one of our hearts. And God knows that we needed a savior. 
he knew, he knew that we all, all of us needed a savior. All of us needed to be redeemed. Listen, just, just like he redeemed these people and brought them out of bondage, God has redeemed us by the blood of Jesus Christ. It took his blood to redeem us. It took him going to Calvary's cross, being nailed to a cross for our behalf. He didn't know any sin, but he took all of our sin upon him on a cross called Calvary. They nailed him in his hands and in his feet, put a crown of thorns on his head and pierced him in his side. He suffered blood and died on Calvary's cross. The Bible said that he gave up the ghost and died, was buried in the tomb. But on the third day rose with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. This is the gospel message. This is how Christ became poor, that we might be rich. We're rich now. We're rich in faith. God wants to do a new thing. And he will do a new thing. It may not be in all of our lives. But there are some that have determined that I'm going to surrender it all to you, God. Going into this new season, going into this new life, God, I'm surrendering everything that I have. I'm not holding nothing back from you, God. I give unto you. Why? Because you gave to me. You gave your son for me. Jesus is still making intercession for us. Still praying for us. Still lifting up us in prayer. Still coming against the accuser of the brethren. Still saying, that, hey, listen, I died for that sin. I know she sinned. I know that he did this. I know that, I, but I died for that, Father. I gave my blood, the blood that's still on the altar. I died for that. I gave my blood for it. He's coming back. Yes, and I'm looking forward to it. He's coming back for a church without a spot or a wrinkle. He's coming back. I tell you, he's coming back. And I want to be ready because I want to reign with him. Yes, it's a new year and a new season. Are you ready? That's the question. Please stand to your feet. The door to the church is open.